Good evening, this is Mandy Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News. A Creston man suffered injuries when the vehicle he was driving struck a deer in Union County. The Union County Sheriff's Office says the accident happened at 7.12 p.m. on Sunday on Green Valley Road, south of 140th Street. EMS Ground Ambulance transported the driver, 67-year-old Bruce Dean Menching of Creston, to the Greater Regional Hospital in Creston. According to the report, Minching was driving a northbound 2000 Mercury Grand Marquis and struck the deer. The collision disabled the car and had to be towed from the scene. Montgomery County Emergency Management Coordinator Brian Hammond says an aircraft made an emergency landing at the Red Oak Airport Sunday morning. Hammond says shortly before 10 a.m., an aircraft traveling from Omaha to St. Louis experienced an in-flight emergency and was forced to land on runway 5, closed for maintenance and upgrades. He says the plane landed and struck a portable barricade, and the left wing made contact with a bobcat skid loader parked off the runway, causing significant damage to the aircraft's wing. The plane safely exited the closed runway to a nearby taxiway where it came to rest. The aircraft involved is a Cirrus SR-22T single-engine plane owned and operated by a subject from St. Louis, Missouri. No injuries were reported to the pilot or passenger of the aircraft. Damage to the contractor equipment on site is reported as minimal. Red Oak Municipal Airport staff assisted the Red Oak Fire Department and Montgomery County EMA at the scene. The incident is under investigation by the Federal Aviation Administration and the National Transportation Safety Board. A Nevada woman was arrested on drug charges in Adair County. The Iowa State Patrol stopped a Kia on Interstate 80 on October 10th for a speed violation. During the stop, the trooper became suspicious that criminal activity was taking place. The driver, 31-year-old Jasmine Denise Vance of Pahrump, Nevada, was detained. A canine was walked around the vehicle and alerted. A probable cause search yielded a plastic bag inside a bag on the front passenger seat that contained a crystalline substance resembling methamphetamine. Vance was taken to the Adair County Jail and charged with possession of a controlled substance. Bond was set at $1,000, cash only. In other activity, the Adair County Sheriff's Office arrested 36-year-old Alex Jordan Koltoff of Lennox on October 10th on warrants for harassment second degree and criminal mischief fourth. Bond was set at $1,000, cash or surety. And the Adair Police Department arrested 27-year-old Artie Iwo of Ottumwa on October 9th for driving while license denied or revoked. He was released on his own recognizance. The Red Oak Police Department arrested 31-year-old Kyle Lee Foster Sr. of Red Oak following a traffic stop in the 2400 block of North 8th Street Sunday. Foster was charged with operating while intoxicated first offense. He was transported to the Montgomery County Jail and held on $1,000 bond. The Farm Credit Administration Board approved a final rule governing the farm credit system service to young, beginning, and small farmers and ranchers. The final rule is effective February 1st. Glenn Smith of Atlantic, a Farm Credit System board member appointed by the Trump administration six years ago, says the average age of the nation's farmers is 59 and a half, and with the 2024 census coming out soon, that average age is expected to rise to 60. So it is something that is starting to become of a major concern to ag policymakers. He says the board-approved rule reinforces the congressional mandate to farm credit institutions to have active and robust young and beginning and small farmer and rancher programs. The farm credit system is the nation's largest single financing provider to American agriculture. 
Smith says the farm credit system is best equipped to meet this challenge. When we started shaping this idea was way back when I went through the confirmation in front of the Senate in 2017. Uh, almost every uh, Ag Senate office that I stopped into, and I can't remember, it was 18 of them in all. It was quite a process, but almost all of them expressed a, um, a concern over the advancing age of the American farmer and rancher and what can be done to promote and encourage new generations of farmers. The rule has several objectives to expand the YBS activities of direct lender associations to diverse borrowers, to reinforce the supervisory responsibilities of the banks that fund the direct lender associations, and requires the banks to review and approve the association's YBS programs annually. Smith says the rule requires each direct lender association to enhance the strategic plan for its YBS program. There's a lot of talk about what can we do for young, beginning, and small farmers. This is actually an action item that I think is going to have some major national consequence. The farm credit system is based in every single state in the union, has thousands of branch offices, and is the country's largest provider of agriculture financing. Smith says the new rule requires every final institution to submit a plan for the young and beginning small farmer. A plan to advance their numbers, a plan of outreach, and an objective on what they're going to do for growth. And that plan is then evaluated and actually rated by us, the regulator, by the Farm Credit Administration every year for effectiveness, much like we, we rate safety and soundness on, on the financing end. So it's rating the overall uh, success of the institution in YBS and determining if they're meeting the congressional mandate of service to YBS. The farm credit system, which provides around 45% of the nation's total farm debt, made $13.1 billion in loans to young farmers in 2022, $21.5 billion to beginning farmers, and $19.1 billion to small farmers. Kathy Barnett, National Grassroots Director for the Vivek Ramaswamy Campaign, in conjunction with Cass County GOP, brought Chloe Cole to Atlantic on Sunday to tell her story on detransitioning. 19-year-old Chloe Cole said at the age of 12, she started to identify as a boy following early puberty and years of having body image issues, which she says are all normal things, but she didn't have any guidance. I started cutting my hair shorter, I changed my name, and after I came out to my parents, they started sending me to a therapist to help me through these, this, this issue because they weren't really sure how to go about it themselves. And they essentially were emotionally manipulated into letting me make an adult decision. And so at 13, I was put on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, which I took testosterone only about halfway through my eighth grade year. And at 15, I underwent a double mastectomy, meaning that both of my breasts were surgically removed. I only stopped transitioning about a year after that when I realized that I wanted to be a mother one day and that I was, by going under these treatments, I wasn't becoming a man. I was just becoming a woman with less parts of myself. 
Cole said her psychologist knew that she had previously been diagnosed with ADHD. She had symptoms of being on the spectrum, and she had a body image disorder. However, she said all of that was swept under the rug, and they attributed the distress she was experiencing to the idea that she was born in the wrong body. And one of the things that they told my mom and dad was that if I wasn't allowed to undergo these treatments, it could be life or death for me. They cited suicide statistics, and they said that it was very likely that I would become <coughs> incredibly suicidal the longer I would go without being on them, without medical transition. And essentially they gave my mom and dad the ultimatum of either having a very suicidal and potentially dead daughter or a living, happy, thriving transgender son. And when you're a mother or a father faced with the possible death of your own child, what wouldn't you do for them? Especially if that, that's, those are the only two options that you're given. However, Cole said what they didn't tell her parents is that she wasn't suicidal. She said she only became suicidal after the fact, with the social effects of transitioning, the loneliness of it, and the cognitive effects of testosterone. Cole said her parents' health care provider, Kaiser Permanente, was recommended as a top choice in the state of California for care of youth who are gender dysphoric or identify as transgender. She said her parents thought that care meant therapy, not physical interventions. Cole said she doesn't put any blame on her parents for what she went through. My parents were already sold into it by our doctors. They were told that there was no other option between this or my death. I don't really know what anybody could have said because at the time there was no information on the other side of this. There was nobody else who had already been hurt by this who was speaking against it. But my dad once told me that if he knew a single other person who had been through this and was outspoken about the regret, he would not have allowed me to go through this. Chloe Cole recommends everyone wait until they are an adult to make any decisions that will affect their body. I don't think that 18 is just a magical age where you're suddenly mm -hmm. totally mature. I mean, I'm 19 now. I, I know I'm not all the way there yet. I don't think I could be making decisions like that now or anybody my age, really. I think that the ideal age to start treatment, if at all, would be after 25 because that's like a general marker for when the brain fully develops. And also, like, it's a good part in your life where you've kind of had, you've had, you've lived two decades and a half. You've had ample time to kind of figure out whether you might want to have children or a family of your own, um, your, your sexuality, whether you want to get married or not. Chloe Cole says she has filed a lawsuit earlier this year against the endocrinologist who put her on hormones and blockers, her gender specialist and surgeons, and Kaiser Permanente. More news online at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Andy Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News.